Hello, Fantasy World. Welcome to Inside Fantasy Football with Todd. I'm here today to help you go over the entire slate of games. We're actually going to leave out the Thursday night game. We already covered that in our last podcast. If you guys have any questions about any of the Philly or Atlanta players, feel free to shoot me an email or get at me on the website at insidefantasy.simdiff.com insidefantasy.simdif.com Feel free to hit me up for that game. What we're going to try to get to today is the other 15 games that went down this weekend. We're going to try to run through them quickly. I'm going to tell you who's fantasy relevant. During that process, I'm also going to give you some waiver wire options. Please get your pen or phone out and list what is needed. We are also going to put the rankings on the website that I mentioned. We are going to add tight end rankings this week. Of course, it's going to be week-to-week rankings. Any questions, feel free to hit me up, and I will fill you in. We're going to go ahead and get started since we've got 15 games to go over, and I've got an hour to get all this in, so we're going to get started as quickly as we can. We're going to start with the Niners and the Vikings. It was an entertaining game. Uh, The Vikings looked really good. The Niners, considering that they were playing the Vikings defense, Garoppolo and the gang looked okay. Not very fantasy relevant and as I said going into this week none of the Niners including Garoppolo were really appetizing against that Vikings defense really nobody is going to be appetizing against that Vikings defense this year it is a Super Bowl caliber defense and unless it is a team that is just on a roll with one of those top five players that are automatic starts I would stay away from starting anybody against the Vikings. Uh, Marquise Goodwin got hurt in this game. Garoppolo did the best he could. He threw one to the rookie Pettis. There's really no new waiver wire pickups for the Niners. I don't think Breida or Alf Morris are going to be on anybody's waiver wires. But if they are, you might want to pick one of them up. They have a nice rotation going there in the Niners' backfield. It didn't show up against the Vikings, but nothing is going to show up against the Vikings. That defense is a shutdown defense. So we're going to go over to Minnesota side. Uh, there's more to play with there. Uh, Cousins look good. He's right on the cusp of top 12, top 10 quarterback. Um, with those weapons, Cousins is going to have a good fantasy year. If you waited on quarterback and got Cousins, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Dalvin Cook was a little bit disappointing, more in the the rushing side of things. He was very active in the passing game, which was a nice thing. And most people play in PPR these days, which means Cook still put up some points because he got some receptions to go with his rushing totals. Uh, Really, everybody stays the same on the Vikings side. As far as fantasy relevance, Diggs, Thielen, uh, Dalvin Cook, Cousins, Rudolph had kind of a rough game, but he's always a steady tight end to start. Everything on the Vikings side stays pretty uh, standard as far as the Vikings go. Same players. Nobody lost any relevance. Nobody gained any. Quickly on the Niners side, of course, Jimmy G's got Detroit coming up next week. He is going to be fine. Marquise uh, Marquise, uh, Goodwin got a little bit of a quad issue in that game. Did not put up any fantasy points. They say he's going to be back next week. They're going against a horrible Lions defense. That little duo of Marquise Goodwin and Garoppolo will be an interesting to watch. If you have either or, I would start them next week. Run to the Tennessee Titans-Dolphins game, Miami Dolphins game. It was a rain 
Fest uh, all along the East Coast games this week. And this was one of them. They dealt with some lightning issues, eight-hour delay, longest game in history, the whole nine yards. It was one of those strange, one of the strangest first weeks in the NFL I've seen in a long time. And this game played a big part of it. Uh, the first thing I want to get out of the way is a player I've had in many fantasy leagues that I really respect and I think kind of went under the radar this week um, is Delaney Walker, very productive tight end. He's been good in the league for years and steady. He's not a Gronk guy. He's not going to win a league for you, but he would always give you those steady 7 to 12 points, give or take, on each side every week. He was steady. He was a very good all-round tight end. Uh, I hope he makes it back. His ankle just turned around. It was horrible to see. Um, John Juice Smith, the backup for Delaney Walker, is uh, very waiver wire relevant. I would try to pick him up if you are a Delaney Walker owner or very shallow at tight end. John Juice Smith, backup tight end, Tennessee. Look him up on your waiver wire. And if you are willing to burn the waiver wire pick, burn it on John G. Smith at tight end. He will get you some fantasy relevance this year. He has a ton of talent and athleticism. I'm excited to see what he does within that Titan system. Even though uh, Mariota looked horrible, Blaine Gabbert looked like Blaine Gabbert. I'm not too excited about Corey Davis or John Ju Smith or any of that receiving core at this point because Mariota, when he was in there, looked bad. And then Blaine Gabbert looked worse. But like I said at the beginning with this game, it was raining. Rain can really affect the grip on a football no matter how big your hands are. And I think that these quarterbacks might have had an issue with that. It was uh, pretty sloppy looking out there. Uh, On the Miami side, um, Tannehill, uh, if you're in a two-quarterback league, Kenyon Drake didn't have a great day. He is still very fantasy relevant. I think he's going to get a considerable amount of touches next week against the Jets. He is still startable in all formats. Kenyon Drake. Frank Gore did vulture some uh, carries and some yardage, uh, but it's still Kenyon Drake. I think he's just way more talented. They'll still use Gore from time to time, uh, but Drake is still startable at this point. Amendola, PPR leagues. Kenny Stills, PPR For sure, I think he's startable in all formats at this point. I look at Kenny Stills as their straight-up number one receiver with Devontae Parker hurt. And even when Devontae Parker comes back, I think he's going to struggle, as he usually does. He just doesn't have the hands that we thought he would have. He's a great athlete. I still think the receiver to own in Miami is Kenny Stills. So if you have him on your bench, or if you were lucky enough to start him in PPR, you understand what I'm saying. I think Tannehill and him look good together. He is the startable wide receiver for the Dolphins. The rookie tight end uh, did not, Gasicki did not really do much for Miami. Tight end is very inconsistent. We'll see what happens over the next few weeks with that. If you have him, be patient. I would stash him on the bench. There's really not much else of fantasy relevance between the Titans and the Dolphins. If you're in a two-quarterback league and you had Mariota, I don't think Gabbert's going to be playable against the Texans next week. Third game we're going to go over is my homer game that I really pushed the Texans last week. I had them winning this game. 
and I was wrong. My Watson came out and looked pretty rusty. The offense sputtered. Um, Belichick did his thing, taking away Hopkins and playing aggressive defense. That is what he does. It affected the Texans. It affected a young Watson. And I think that uh, going forward, Watson and Hopkins, of course, are still fantasy-relevant fantasy starters. Lamar Miller is on the map now. He had a very good game. He is fantasy-relevant start Lamar Miller. They are playing the Tennessee Titans, who struggled against the Dolphins. I think the Texans' offense next week in Tennessee even. They will be on the road. The Texans will be on the road. But I do think uh, Watson, Miller... Hopkins. Those are your three offensive starters for the Texans. There's really not much else waiver wire uh, wise for the Texans. Those are really the only fantasy relevant players. The defense might be fantasy relevant against a struggling uh, Tennessee Titans offense. If Blaine Gabbert goes for the Titans, the Texans offense will definitely be a play. So if you see them on your waiver wire with Blaine Gabbert starting for the Titans next week, I would start the Texans. Patriot sites your usual suspects. Brady and Gronk looked great together. James White in PPR. They're still trying to figure out who their running back is going to be. Jeremy Hill blew his knee out for the season. Sonny Michelle is getting closer to playing this coming week. He might be back. Between him and Burkhead, we will see how that fall. those chips fall for the uh, Patriots. They are always a tough team to figure out in their backfield. So we will keep a close eye on that. James White is the only fantasy-relevant running back in that backfield in my eyes at this point. Receivers, Philip Dorsett is a waiver-wire guy. If you see him, get him. There's a possibility. Patriots, once again, are very tough to figure out in fantasy. That's why they win. It is a tough team to figure out. But Philip Dorsett looks like he's going to play a big part. They don't have much to choose from. Hogan was a bit disappointing, but I do think he's going to bounce back. He is still very fantasy-relevant. So Hogan, Dorsett, Gronk, Brady, and White are your fantasy-relevant players. There are some fringe players. If you have any guys on your mind that I didn't mention on any of these games, any of these teams, feel free to hit me up and let me know, and I'll give you my input. We're going to move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New York Giants. Uh, 2015, Jacksonville um, put it on the Giants. It was a very entertaining game if you like old-school defensive football and some good running games at times between the two teams, especially watching the rookie Barkley against the best defense, second-best defense. I do think the Vikings might be the best defense in the NFL, but that's arguable. Most people think the Jaguars. So possibly the best defense in the league. And Barkley still put up a ton of points and yards. He, he eventually broke one. Uh, the kid is special. Saquon Barkley is one of the best running backs I've seen come out of college in a few years. I think he's going to be very fantasy relevant in all formats all year as long as he stays healthy. <clears throat> of course, OBJ is fantasy relevant on the Giants as well. Evan Ingram is still fantasy relevant, but the kid has got problems holding on to the ball. I would keep an eye on him, but the tight end position is so weak that Evan Ingram honestly is a start every week unless you've got a tight end one that's a backup. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, there's not much. Fournette is dealing with a hamstring issue. 
The receiving core is jumbled up as usual. I would say Westbrook is probably the best out of the bunch. Keelan Cole is still probably their number one, which is tough. Um, but Jacksonville, uh, uh, you know, in fantasy on the offensive side of the ball outside of Fournette is not too fantasy relevant most of the time, to be honest with you. Uh, Safarian Jenkins, if you are in a deep league, or if you're weak at tight end, he might be startable. There's not much on the waiver wire for this team, and Bortles is decent in a two-quarterback league as your super flex if you have any of those leagues. We're going to move on to the Bengals-Colts, 34-23, very entertaining game. Joe Mixon is everything we thought he would be. He can do it all. He can catch, he can run. He's got good vision. I would watch out next week. He's playing Thursday night, which I hate Thursday night games. The players are always beat up. And he's playing the Baltimore Ravens. The Bengals are at home, but I would seriously watch Mixon. If you have a deep running back pool, I can't tell you to not start him, but just be prepared to have to make up some points for Mixon because there is a possibility the Ravens shut him down. If they do, Bernard could have a decent game. He might be a flex play. It would be very, very risky. A.J. Green, very playable, no matter who he's playing in my eyes. Nobody else. The tight ends, Eifert, might be if you really want to stretch it. Dalton's going to have to throw it to somebody. I figure good defenses, they'll leave that tight end uh, open if they have to choose between the receivers and the tight end. So a lot of times when you have a team going against a good defense, the tight end is not a bad start. Tyler Eifert could be a sneaky play in, DF- D- uh, in Daily Fantasy for sure. So Mixon, Green, Eifert, if you've got a little bit of depth to be able to do it, are my starters going into next week. The Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Luck threw the ball 53 times. He's back. He doesn't quite look like the and- Andrew Luck of old, but give him some time. He's, been, he's rusty. He hasn't played in a couple years. That being said, he scored quite a few points. Very fantasy relevant. He had a really good game, even though they lost. <clears throat> Eric Ebron, he is a waiver wire tight end to look for. He looked good with Andrew Luck. Hilton was his normal self. He's a starter for at wide receiver. If you have Hilton, start him in all formats. The only other two guys I'll mention on the Colts is Ryan Grant. And Ryan Grant looked like a... A possession receiver, but I just think with volume, I think Luck is going to throw 40 to 50 times a game. Only so many of those can go to Hilton, Ebron, Doyle. Uh, Grant is going to get his. Naeem Naeem Hines, the rookie out of NC State, I think is going to be relevant in PPR. I wouldn't start him this week, but he's a nice bench stash. He's going to get some catches. He's going to get some yards. He's in the same mold as James White, I believe, or at least he looks to be. We will see what happens when Marlon Mack comes back for the Colts, but that is what I see out of that running back. He's a the way he works in their pick, uh, fast-paced offense when they're making comebacks with Luck. I think Hines is going to play a bigger role as we go forward. Wilkins is still a question mark. I think that backfield will get settled when Marlon Mack comes back, and we'll see how that goes. We're going to move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints, the most surprising final of the weekend. They upset the Saints 48-40 in a barn burner. I mean, this game had everything in it offensively. Zero defense on both sides of the ball. 
Breeze lit it up. Michael Thomas lit it up. Camara uh, lit it up. Camara uh, was rough on the rushing side, but he's scoring a ton of touchdowns, and he's a killer in PPR. So Camara is still a start every week. RB1, no doubter. Fitzpatrick, waiver wire, if you choose to. I don't know if he can keep up this pace. Not every defense is going to be as bad as the Saints. Watch out with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I wouldn't jump on it too much, but if you're hurting that quarterback, it might not be a bad idea to stash Fitzpatrick and see what he does next week. If this is something that's going to be a regularity, and the Buccaneers' defense is bad enough to where that offense has got to put up 30 to 40 points a game for them to have any chance. They're just going to let Fitzpatrick fly. Believe it or not, he can run a little bit. He can sling it a little bit. He's smart. He does make a lot of mistakes because he takes a lot of chances. I've seen worse quarterbacks in fantasy. He had a great fantasy weekend. I think a lot of people are going to pick him up just to see what happens, and I don't think that's a bad idea if you have the depth to burn and or release your backup quarterback if you have a backup for Fitz is always risky. But the way he looked this weekend, even though the Saints defense was bad, he still was a fantasy monster. He's worth rostering if you have the ability to do it. Uh, Evans went off, usual wide receiver one starter. I think Godwin should be starting as a flex in a lot of leagues. If not, definitely a bench guy. He needs to be rostered in all leagues. O.J. Howard, I believe, is a starting tight end in this league. Maybe the stats haven't added up yet, but I would still start O.J. Howard or at least get him on your depth, uh, at you know, on your bench for depth for sure. Um, Deshaun Jackson had a great game. Uh, the veteran wide receiver moved to slot and was just killing it. I mean, long plays, speed plays, good hands, definitely rosterable in all formats. I don't know about starting next week, but definitely want to keep an eye on this kid and keep him on your roster. The Saints, Kamara, Breeze, Michael Thomas, uh, won a lot of people some money on DFS this weekend. Those three are always startable. Ben Watson, a sleeper tight end going forward for the Saints. If you are really shallow at tight end or you drafted wrong or tight end gets hurt, Ben Watson is not a bad guy to pick up on waivers. That's really the only fantasy-relevant players on the Saints side. We're going to move on to the Bills at the Ravens. A 47-3 blowout by the Ravens. They broke some team records in this game. They looked really good, uh, but considering that they were playing the Bills, we really don't know what the Ravens are at this point because the Bills are horrific. I do not see them winning a game this year. I know that sounds crazy. And it's probably not going to happen. It's rare. I think we're spoiled because we've had the Lions and the Browns do it recently. But I do believe there is a possibility the Bills do not win a game this year. Their quarterback play is horrific. Their line is probably the worst in the league. McCoy is going to get killed back there. There's nowhere for him to, to go. I just And they have the slowest receivers in the NFL. I just don't see Buffalo... Having any fantasy relevance, McCoy is still a starter, but with a big question mark next to him. I I would still start him, but man, that is really a stretch, and that sounds weird to say, but the Bills are that bad, and he is literally the only fantasy relevant player in my eyes on the offensive side for the Bills. The Ravens 
However, had a very interesting day. Um, John Brown, I want to get him out of the way. Very fantasy relevant. Look for him on the waiver wire. If he's not on the waiver wire and you have him on your bench, he's a possible start next week. This guy has very good rapport with Joe Flacco. Crabtree, same thing. He's startable. More on the flex side, wide receiver three. But he's not quite the Crabtree from Oakland. But he is relevant in this offense. Their backfield was a mess. Uh, Collins had a horrible day. I would say still start Collins going into next week. They're playing the Bengals. But it could get ugly. If he doesn't perform and show up against the Bengals, uh, he needs to be on red alert at that point and really watched closely. We will debate going into that third week if he struggles again next week. The Bengals do have a pretty good defense, and the Ravens will be on the road. But Collins has got to produce. They jumped way ahead in the Bills game. So, like I said at the beginning of this matchup, we really don't know exactly who the Ravens are. So give that some time to work itself out. The next game is the tie. First tie since, what, 1971 between these two teams. Uh, It was a very rainy, hard, driving rain the whole day between the Steelers and the Browns. They tied at 21. Entertaining game, even though it was sloppy and it was just a ton of rain and mud. You know, me as an old school, and you know, watching NFL my whole life, it just looked uh, like an old school game to me. It was fun to watch. James Conner is the real deal until week 11, it looks like. Uh, Le'Veon, he's even off the depth chart there. I think at the earliest we might see him, unless I hear differently. The first 10 or 11 weeks, it's going to be James Conner. And he looked good. He looked really, really good. He ran well. It was a, a you know eight-in-the-box game. There was a ton of rain, and he still did well. He's not a 100% RB1 top five guy yet. I think some people have him in there like he's Le'Veon replacing Le'Veon, which is incorrect. He is not as talented as Le'Veon Bell, but I still think he's fantasy relevant. And he does need to be started in all formats formats against the Chiefs next week with the Steelers at home. I would definitely start James Conner. Your usual suspects there, Roethlisberger. I would not, if you're in a two-quarterback league, you can start him. They are at home. And they will be playing the Chiefs, so I think Roethlisberger... Maybe in that top 12. I have him out of my top 12. If you want to start him, go for it. He's very risky. Less risky at home, though. So, Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown start in all formats. Juju Smith-Schuster, I won't say start in all formats, but he is very fantasy relevant. It's hard not to start that guy, I would believe, unless you're very deep at receiver. And if you are, a lot of people draft those first two rounds. They draft some number ones. Juju might be a decent flex play. Those are the only fantasy-relevant players in that matchup. We're going to move on to the Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a strange game. Mahomes got a few gimmicky touchdown passes where he flipped to Hill at the goal line, pretty much vultured. Anything Kareem Hunt could do. Kareem Hunt was a disappointment due to Mahomes and how the offense was ran. Uh, It's really interesting to see how this Chiefs offense looked. They put up 38 points. Mahomes 
in all formats. Looks like a startable quarterback going forward. He is going to be the QB1 gunslinger that we thought he was going to be. Tyreek Hill is a sliding into that wide receiver one category in this offense with Mahomes. He might be a league winner. That is how good Tyreek Hill looked this weekend. And the way he looked with Mahomes was very, very, very impressive. Kelsey had a horrible day, but he's still very fantasy relevant going forward. That's not going to last long. Do not bench Kelsey. He is a startable every week guy. There is no reason to bench him yet. It is week one. Relax. Kelsey is a startable tight end at all times. The receivers, however... are very interesting and confusing as well for the Chiefs. Watkins looked horrible. He really was the only receiver of interest uh, that is even close to fantasy relevant for this team, oddly. Uh, I think the Mahomes and them are going to spread it around. They're going into Pittsburgh. I don't see very many passing options outside of Kelsey against that Pittsburgh defense in Pittsburgh. I could be wrong. This could be the game where Watkins comes out. But I believe the only fantasy-relevant players for the Kansas City Chiefs next week against the Steelers is Mahomes, Kelsey, Hunt, and that's it. Everybody else sit on them and see what happens. The Chargers, however, next week they have the Buffalo Bills. They had a rough week this week. Their defense really had a rough week. They need Bosa on that line. They're playing the worst team in the NFL next week. Start the defense. Start Melvin Gordon. Start, definitely start Rivers if you can. The receiving core, however, for the Chargers is very, very interesting. Keenan Allen is, of course, a start every week guy. Uh, Tyrell Williams, if you need receiver depth or you need a receiver at flex because your bench is weak, Tyrell Williams is not a bad guy to put in there. He's getting decent targets. And he's a little risky, or he's very risky. I don't suggest, if you don't have to start Tyrell Williams, don't. But if you need to, he's worth the risk. The guy I want to get to is Mike Williams. I talked him him up a lot in the preseason. And I think he's very, very fantasy relevant as far as being a bench stash at this point. He caught five balls for 81 yards in the first game, meaningful game of his career where he's 100% healthy. He looked really good on those six targets. He Five of them he caught, 81 yards. I just think in due time, whatever happens in front of him between Tyrell Williams and Benjamin, who both got more targets than he did, I think over these next few weeks, we're going to see Mike Williams emerge as the number two there, if not a very strong number three. They run a lot of three wide receiver sets and four wide receiver sets at that. So I do think he's going to be on the field quite a bit. As the season goes along, it's going to trickle up and up and up. I think he'll be very fantasy relevant by week five or six. I really do. Mike Williams, stash him. He's a future pick. Uh, Definitely a future starter for you. No doubt about it. Redskins Cardinals is very ugly. One-sided. The Redskins look really uh, consistent, smart, good defense. One of my sneaky plays there in the NFC East, they could sneak up and win the East. They really are that good. Uh, they won 24-6 over the Cardinals. Alex Smith still, to me, is a back-end QB to start in fantasy. If you are in a two-quarterback league, he's very strong. If you're in a normal one-quarterback league, even four to six-point scoring at this point, I would still sit on him if you, if you can. 
if you got him as your starter, he's still going to produce for you, at least produce good enough to give you an idea of what he can do going forward. So Alex Smith is still startable at quarterback. Adrian Peterson only in standard formats. He's still a bang it out, grind out. He had over 130 yards of total offense in this game. So he was valuable in all formats this weekend, um, including the passing game, believe it or not. But going forward, I wouldn't expect a ton of that. He is still only a standard relevant running back at this point. Thompson is still PPR relevant. Um, The receivers, Crowder, is still relevant in PPR. Uh, I I would leave it there at this point. There's Richardson, but I don't see any format to add Richardson in. If you got him on your bench, keep him stashed. I don't think he needs to be released yet. But Crowder is the only receiver. Um, And tight end, of course. uh, Their tight end is very, very, very good. And Alex Smith loves to use the tight end. So, um, you know, continue to roster uh, all of those offensive players uh, that I just listed for the Redskins around Alex Smith. I think all of these kind of pitch in. He's not going to light up the scoreboard like, you know, Tom Brady or anything. But Alex Smith is very steady. Expect a lot of Crowder, a lot of Thompson out of the backfield. Um very fantasy relevant in a few spots there for the Redskins. Um, the Cardinals, however, David Johnson looked rough uh, because the offensive line was getting killed. You know, they got into uh, game script issues because they were trying to catch up. There is not much to start offensively outside of David Johnson. Ricky Seals-Jones is pretty interesting at tight end. David Johnson is still a start every week guy until we see a few more weeks of what we've got going here. I think it's only going to get better. That's how bad it was for Arizona. But at this point, <clears throat> Larry Fitzgerald in PPR. David Johnson in all formats. And Ricky Seals-Jones, if you really need a boomer bust tight end, he did not look well. This past weekend, but no Arizona Cardinal looked good this past weekend on either side of the ball. So it's really, at this point, just David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald are your safe fantasy plays for the Arizona Cardinals. The Dallas Cowboys at the Carolina Panthers, 16-8 game. The Panthers uh, really dominated defensively. In this game, they really shut down the Dallas Cowboys the entire day. Uh, the offense didn't look too great on the Panthers' side. That's what kept it close. The Cowboys are struggling on offense right now. I'd give them another week or two to see what we've got. The beginning of the season in the NFL with no preseason right now shows a lot of inconsistency the first week or two. So let's give it another week or two before we judge the Cowboys. But they did not look good this weekend. Prescott did not look good. Um... They started off very, very slow. Uh, but your usual starters, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Prescott in two quarterback leagues only as your second quarterback. No receivers, honestly, on the Cowboys are relevant. I, uh, Beasley in PPR is probably your most relevant wide receiver at this point. That's about it on the Cowboys side, believe it or not. Man, I hope that changes over time. The Carolina Panthers... Uh, even though it was a rough game for him, um, you still start McCaffrey. Uh, you uh, definitely start Cam. Uh, the rookie, Moore, did not get any looks. The, uh, give him time, stash him on your bench, or he could be released if you are in a super uh, competitive, low-rostered bench 
more could be released, but if you got a deep enough bench, I would hold on to him. Cam will eventually use this kid. It's just a matter of when. Olsen went down, so if you have Olsen at tight end, he's going to be on the bench for a while. It's looking like a sprain. They don't know for sure he's week to week. I would definitely keep an eye on that. You could roster Thomas, the back and backup tight end there. Cam loves to use his tight end. So Thomas, the backup tight end on the Panthers for Olsen. If you have Olsen or if you're weak at tight end, he is a waiver wire uh, guy. Funches did not look good, but he is still startable in all formats. Um, that's about it. Cam, Funches, McCaffrey. Are really your only fantasy relevant options? Look for Thomas on the waiver wire. Seattle at the Denver Broncos, a very entertaining game to watch. A 27 24 win for Keenum and the Broncos in their first game together, first game of the season. In Denver, it was just Russell Wilson pulling, you know, one, you know, hat trick after another. Like the guy just, I don't know how he does it with no weapons around him, but Russell Wilson did his usual magic. Scoring a ton of points at quarterback, no matter who is around him. And he was making Brandon Marshall relevant. Um, on the Seattle side, Brandon Marshall, like I just mentioned, is fantasy relevant. Lockett, uh, if you see him on the waiver wire, Marshall and Lockett. Lockett's probably rostered if you have him on your bench. He's a possible flex start. Most people are not going to start him, but I would keep an eye on Lockett these next few weeks if he slides into that number one role as Baldwin is dealing with his sprained knee. Brandon Marshall should be added in all formats. He's making up for the loss at tight end. He's getting decent target play. Once Russell Wilson has you in his sights as one of his guys, you can score in fantasy, and I think Brandon Marshall has the talent to be that guy. Uh, Definitely roster him if you can. The Broncos side, uh, very interesting. Lindsey, the backup running back third down guy. Lindsey at running back. He had a game. 71 yards, same amount of yards as Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman is my guy in a few leagues. I do think the you know return to the mean, I think everything's going to kind of level out here. And Royce Freeman will still be the bell cow at some point. But going into next week, it might be a little bit of a share between him and Lindsey because Lindsey had a really good game out of the backfield as an outlet for Keenum if he got pressured. He has good moves. He earned this spot on this team. He's very hungry at this point, but so is Royce Freeman. And I think at this point, it's a two-headed monster where both of them can be somewhat fantasy relevant. I think Freeman more so. I think they'll really lean on him if they get ahead, get a big lead. He's going to be their every down, bang it back. Lindsay, if they are trying to catch up and spread out, <clears throat> they love to spread that offense. Lindsay could be very, very fantasy relevant. He needs to be added in all formats. Emmanuel Sanders, very good game. Emmanuel Sanders is a must start in all formats. PPR, definitely start Emmanuel Sanders. This guy is killing it target wise. He had 10 catches in this game. I don't think it's going to change for Emmanuel Sanders. He needs to be starting in all formats. A no-doubter in PPR. If you're loaded at receiver in standard, maybe you can bench him at that point. But he needs to be rostered in all formats. Or starting in all formats, absolutely. Next game I want to get to was a very, very fun game to watch. The Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, 24-23 Packers. All Bears in the first half. 
Rodgers gets hurt before the half. You know the rest of the story. He comes back limping and basically on one leg. Shows why he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And brings the pack back all the way back to win the game. Great game to watch. It is what football is all about. I am not a huge Packers or Rodgers fan, but I love, I respect them to no end, both the franchise and Aaron Rodgers. He is a QB1. It's going to be hard to get him out of my number one slot going forward. Of course, we'll keep an eye on that knee, but as long as Rodgers is in there, he's always fantasy relevant. If you have any questions, go back and watch the second half of the Chicago game that just happened. That is why Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the second best quarterback in the NFL. Technically the most talented, but you can't put anybody above Tom Brady, the best of all time at this point. But Aaron Rodgers is right there talent-wise. That was fun to watch. Uh, Randall Cobb had a great game. Rodgers, Cobb, Devontae Adams, Jamal Williams, all fantasy relevant going forward. Jimmy Graham, stardom, all fantasy relevant going forward. They do play the Vikings next week. All the Packers I just listed need to be uh, outside of Aaron Rodgers. I think he is matchup proof. Uh, Maybe even Devontae Adams. But they are playing the Vikings. The only reason why I don't say they're all not playing. When the Packers play in Minnesota, I really think it's going to be tough even to play Aaron. I just think the Vikings are that good. Uh, But they are in Green Bay. So I do think Cobb might have some relevance here. Uh, he's going to need some outlets because that defense is so smothering on the outsides. I think that's going to make Jimmy Graham a play. So Graham and Cobb, Adams still have some fantasy relevance along with Aaron Rodgers against the Vikings next week. Allison is a decent waiver wire guy. If Geronimo Allison is on your waiver wire, he's not a bad guy to put on your bench and stash. If something happens to Cobb or Devontae Adams... Geronimo Allison will be a very, very big addition on your bench. So if you have a deep enough bench, he is not a bad guy to put at the end of it. Geronimo Allison. The Bears, however, uh, Trubisky looked a little rough. He may be just on that fringe of the two-quarterback league as your second quarterback flex. I don't even know if he's in that range. Not really startable in any other format. Uh, uh, Howard is startable in all formats. He looked pretty good. Allen Robinson wasn't bad. He's uh, more of a PPR guy for me at this point. Same with Cohen. He's more of a PPR guy. And Burton, even though the stats don't prove it this week, he is a starting tight end every week going forward. ton of targets his way. It was kind of a weird night. The comeback happened. I think Burton going forward is still a start every week tight end. All right, we're going to finish it off with the uh, the Monday night games, uh, which were very interesting and surprising at some points. Uh, the Jets uh, lit up the Lions in Detroit. One thing we learned from this game is the Detroit Lions defense is horrific. So they're one of those defenses, whoever they're playing, which next week it's the 49ers, guys. So all you Garoppolo, Marquise Goodwin, Alfred Morris, George Kittle, all those guys are going to be relevant against this Lions team next week in San Francisco. The Jets look like they finally got a quarterback in Sam Darnold. He is rosterable and bench uh, to the bench to see what he has going forward. But I think he's rosterable, rosterable in all formats. Sam Darnold, 
he looks that good. 21 years old, and he looked like he did against the Lions last night. Ton of poise, ton of talent. Very good read and throw to Anderson in the end zone. Little underthrown, but a nice read. I think going forward, Darnold in most formats is fantasy relevant, at least to put on a bench. Robbie Anderson only had one target and one catch, but it was for a touchdown. I don't see it being that low going forward. He is still on the radar of fantasy relevance at the wide receiver. Anunua, Anunua got half of the targets from Sam Darnold. He is a number top end waiver wire guy. Anunua is a guy you need to roster in all formats. If you are willing to use the waiver wire, Anunua for the Jets is a target monster. Most people play PPR. Standard, you could let it go if you have to. But in PPR formats, in all PPR formats, Anunua for the New York Jets is a definite waiver. If you're going to blow a waiver wire pick, he's not a bad guy. He's looking like he's going to have a ton of targets and yards going forward. This hurts Robbie Anderson, but he is still fantasy relevant as well until we see how all of this falls the next couple weeks. Crowell, very good game. Bilal Powell, very good game. Both are rosterable fantasy options. I don't know about startable, but definitely rosterable fantasy options. Bilal Powell and Isaiah Crowell, along with Darnold, Anunwa, and Robbie Anderson, all fantasy relevant going forward. Possible starters, depending on your depth next week. We'll come back to the Jets later this week on another podcast. They're very interesting going into the season. The Lions, however, uh, Stafford looked horrible, very inconsistent as usual. Sometimes he looks great. Other times he looks horrible. He's just one of those guys that's just all over the place, similar to Derek Carr. They just they have moments where they look really good, QB1 talent, and then they throw picks that are just mind-blowing. <clears throat> They're turnover machines at times. It's really, uh, it's mind-blowing, really. Stafford just, I can't put my head around him. He's one of those guys that you feel like could lead a team to a Super Bowl. Maybe he's never been in the right situation. Last night did not make my case for that. He looked pretty rough. I don't think he's startable at this point. He is playing the Niners next week. If you have a deep enough team, if you're not having to rely on your quarterback to win the, the, the matchups, if quarterback is not that, you know, if you're in a less than four point and, you know, if you're in a four point quarterback league, Stafford is not very startable. If you're in a six point, he might be startable because he will get some touchdowns. The problem with Stafford is he might get you four interceptions as well. So Stafford's out of my top 12. Uh, but, you know, at your own risk, if you're a Lions guy, go for it. He will have his moments. The Niners, he might put up some points against the Niners. The receivers, we got a waiver wire guy in Galladay. If he's on your waiver wire and you're willing to blow your waiver wire pick after week one, Galladay is not a bad guy to blow it on. I think he might be an interesting play in that wide receiving court. He looked like the best wide receiver on the field, honestly, last night for Detroit. Not saying much. They all laid an egg. But Galladay looked really good. Marvin Jones is still very fantasy relevant. Golden Tate and mainly PPR, but even in standard, Golden Tate is still somewhat relevant. Carryon Johnson looked good in his few touches. Blunt did not. So Blunt, I think, drops out of my top 40. Carryon is going to climb into my top 40. Riddick is only a PPR play, and even as a PPR play, Riddick is only a desperate play. He is only a bench stash in PPR. 
to see if they pick it up on offense in Detroit because they looked horrific last night. We're going to move on to the last game here, guys. We're getting close on time. Uh, the Rams at the Raiders. It was fun to watch. It was uh, interesting to see how Gruden handled the first half. He looked like he was matching his young counterpart pretty well. And then we got David... I'm sorry. <laughs> Derek Carr struck, and he made just too many mistakes. The receivers were wide open all night. We've looked at some of the 360 film and just talk of coaches and, and, and people that were at the game press and so on. The receivers were there. Derek Carr did not hit his receivers all night long. It is looking pretty rough there. They've got a ton of draft picks from the Khalil Mack trade. So I think they're going to turn it around in the next couple years. But Derek Carr did not look good. Amari Cooper was a fantasy just bust. Uh, he just could not get anything thrown to him, even when he was open. Like I said, he was very much so open most of the game. Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson, who were both fantasy duds this week, had moments where if Carr would have had the time or if he would have looked their way, they could have got some points. The Raiders could have got some actual points, and it could have been a closer game. Instead, Derek Carr checked down and went to Jared Cook a hundred times. Jared Cook ends up having a 200-yard day, and of course he's... I am not going to sit here and say run and get Cook at tight end for the Raiders, who had an, uh, you know the biggest night a tight end had this weekend. By far, you know he lit it up because Derek Carr checked down 18 times in this game. So I don't see that happening. I see defenses are going to be playing Cook pretty well. Um, I think they have Denver next week, I believe, and that does not bode well for Cook. If you want to blow your waiver pick on Cook at tight end, go for it. I've been burned on that in the past, but it does seem like Gruden might lean on him. He might be worth burning that waiver pick if you are done at tight end, an injured tight end, say you were an Olsen owner, something like that. Uh, Cook is not a bad play at this point, at least to see what happens. You can always go back to the waiver wire and get another tight end at some point if Cook doesn't pan out. So Cook is a waiver wire prospect. I hate to downplay him too much because we just every season is so different and Gruden is a new system there. He may lean on Cook. So Cook could be a tight end one by the end of the season. He has that type of talent. He's just one of those guys that has had a huge game in the past, has about one or two every year, and then he turns out to be a dud. So do it at your own risk. If you want to blow the waiver on him, that's fine. Cook as a waiver wire pick for the Raiders. Your usual starters for the Raiders, Lynch. Amari Cooper, I don't know if he's a definite startable player going forward. I don't know what's going on with this offense. I know the few leagues that I have Amari Cooper in, I might bench him this week. I am not confident at this point in the Raiders offense outside of Marshawn Lynch and Cook at tight end. Jared Cook, Marshawn Lynch, maybe Jalen Richard in PPR. Derek Carr in two quarterback, maybe the way it looked last night. I wouldn't even do that, but he is relevant in two quarterback leagues. The Rams, however, have a ton of fantasy relevance. Gurley, number one, start him in all formats. I don't think I need to say that, but I'll go ahead and get it out. Uh, Cooks, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, all formats, fantasy relevant. If you uh, are shallow, you can start Cup and Woods in any of those leagues. 
Cooks is startable in all formats to me. I don't care about the past and the consistency. I think Cooks is their number one. He had some big plays thrown his way, even on some missed targets. They are going to be looking for Cooks for the big play. So they're very fantasy relevant in the receiver game. Gurley is still killing it. I didn't see anything out of the tight ends, Big B, any of those guys. So really, it's just the receiving core and Gurley, Goff, and two quarterback leagues. Defense is rosterable, definitely. Their defense is very, very good. All right, guys. Well, that's the 15 games that came after the Thursday night game. We went over the top fantasy-relevant players and a few waiver wire pickups. Uh, I hope this was informative for you. If you have any questions, get in touch with me at the uh, um, email address that I left and the website I talked about earlier at toddsfantasypicks at gmail.com or at insidefantasy.simdiff.com, insidefantasy.simdif.com. Until next time, guys, good luck on your waiver.